This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what's the first thing you would do? Get outside more? Check in on that friend you've been meaning to catch up with? Maybe learn how to play an instrument? I know I've thought about what I would do with more time in my day, and many people daydream about what they might do in that scenario. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your actual schedule is to know what's important to you and take whatever reasonable steps you can to make those things more of a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of it. Therapy is not just for people who've experienced major traumas. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire that will match you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash FilmDaily. This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its six-year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, May 11th, 2023. On today's episode of the show, we are going to finish narrowing down Slash Film's top 100 movies of all time. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film editors Jacob Hall. Hello, hello. Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And BJ Colangelo. Hi, hi, hiya. All right, so as I mentioned, this is part two. So if you did not listen to Tuesday's episode, definitely go back and listen to that because we're just going to jump right in here. I think we left off with BJ last time, so that brings us back around to the top of the circle once again. So Jacob, why don't you uh, pick up the baton and kick things off for us? Yeah, we are, we're at 83. We have walked in 83 movies for this list. We say we need to lock in 17 more and cut a lot more. Um so what I'm going to ask everybody on their turn is in addition to picking the one you want to nominate for the list, don't just pick one to kill. Let's let's each try to kill like, you know, two, three, four per turn. Let's, let's, we we got to get this moving. Um, Ooh, all right. Stakes are rising. Okay. Let me remind you that we're talking about movies that are all generally great. Even if we, even a movie here may not be one of our favorites, it's on this list for a reason. It's on this list because Slash from Writers and Editors voted for it. Uh, so even when we start talking crap about a movie, we, we know it's great. We know it's a masterpiece. Just we got to do something. All right. Okay, I am going to have the South Korean conversation. Um, Old Boy by, from Park Chan-wook and I Saw the Devil from Kim Ji-woon are both on this list. Uh, I know we have Parasite in Top 100, but South Korean cinema is big and important and honestly better than a lot of Hollywood movies. So I kind of think that one of these movies should get locked in alongside Parasite so we don't have just the one token South Korean movie. 
I will say, of these two, if it was my personal list, I saw Devil is a all-time favorite of mine. It is maybe the craziest movie ever made. Truly deranged stuff. But I know what's important. I know the broader scope of this list. I know what got more votes and nominations. I think it should be Old Boy. I agree with you completely. Yeah, <laughs> Old Boy right. is just the bomb. Yeah, I'm down with that. Uh, Brad, I, I didn't hear you chime in. I think you said something, though. Oh, yeah, no, I said I think you're right. Okay. But if you haven't seen I Saw the Devil, who, boy, uh, who here has seen I Saw the Devil? Why, 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 why modify the doc here? Oh, yeah, no, it's fantastic. <laughs> Both of these films rule. Okay. Okay, looking at the doc, uh, I want to kill a few. or nominate a few to be killed. Uh, we talked about it briefly last time, but The Raid 2 doesn't hang, guys. It is not, it's not going to be top 100. We have Terminator 2, Mad Max, and Die Hard on, on our top 100 list. Actions represented. I don't think Raid 2 is going to make the top 100. Yeah, that's a bummer, but the Raid 2 rules. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I also want to remove Sorcerer from a nomination list because there's another freaking movie on this list I think has an actual chance. Yeah, I was going to cut Sorcerer in my next turn, so I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was one of the people who voted for it originally, but there's no way it's going to make it. <laughs> All right. Um, a personal favorite, but there's, Predator can't make this list, guys. I love Predator, but John McClane. Oh, oh man, I don't know about that. Millions on the list. No, I think. See, the thing with Predator is, is like it subverts the expectations of what you expect from like the macho action movie by like giving you what seems like this, like, oh, look at these military dudes just like tearing shit up, and then it's like, oh no, wait, they're all getting killed, uh, and like you have Arnold Schwarzenegger doing this thing, and there's great creature work. It's the 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 sound effects, the the visual effects, the the score, everything. I don't know. I I think that it has a chance of being on there. Okay, I won't kill it yet. All right, let's keep moving up. Um. Uh, let's, the two moon movies, Moonlight and Moonstruck. I love them both, but are they going to make the top 100? I'm going to say n- no, because I think there are films that can fill kind of what they represent better that are still uh, up for contention. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair assessment. All right. A movie I love is not top 100, though. That's The Little Shop of Horrors, the Frank Oz version. That was going to be one of mine that I was going to take off, even though uh, it pains me, like physically. Yeah, I think it probably doesn't belong. All right, it's gone. Um, all right, let's go after a few more while here just to make it hard on everybody. Uh, I know it's a nostalgic favorite, but Field of Dreams can't make a top 100. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. I agree. Okay, uh, I feel bad about this, but what is Daisy's? I've never heard of this one. It's on, our, it's on our nomination list. Yeah, I don't know this either. Well, gone. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, anybody at home who's screaming about this, I'm sorry. Um, Whoopsie doodle. Looks like it's a Czechoslovakian 1966 surrealist comedy drama. I've never even heard of this before, but uh, somehow it made it onto our list or of, of contenders anyway. Okay, I'm going to ask a tough one. Am I the only one here who will fight for bringing up Baby? The, the Howard Hawks screwball comedy with Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. See, I love both of them, and I love the concept of this. I just think that that movie itself, like, in execution, is a little screechier than I would like for my personal screwball comedy status. So, you know, I, I love the idea of a, another screwball comedy making it onto this list, but, like, if it's this one... <laughs> I don't know. That'll kind of break my heart just a little bit. So I guess the, that's a long way of saying yes, Jacob. I think you're the only one who's going to go to bat for this. <laughs> yeah, I echo 
I echo Ben's sentiments on this one. I quite enjoy bringing up Baby, but I think there are other screwball comedies, even like farces, that I would rather see on the list. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. Sorry, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, I love it, but I, I need to hear it from all three of you. Okay, and one more. This is actually no, I'm gonna do two more. Um, Apocalypse Now. It's legendary. It is a troubled masterpiece. It is fascinating. But Francis Ford Coppola is on list with The Godfather, which mm-hmm. is a perfect movie. So Apocalypse Now, maybe the great flawed film of all time. Do we have room for the great flawed film on our list? There is another great flawed film that I'm going to fight for. So I'm okay with Apocalypse Now going away. Um, yeah. I don't know, what do you think, Brad? It, yeah, because it's like it's such a good representation of like the the chaos of that conflict and you know, uh, there's like a surreal quality to it. You've got, you know, Brando just like larger than life in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough call. I think you can move it to in discussion and even knowing that it probably won't make it, but maybe just ease the pain for us a little bit and don't kill it quite yet. All right. One more on my turn because I'm, I'm, I'm on a bloodbath right now. Um, I don't think American Psycho makes the top 100. Yeah, I, I agree with that. A lot, but... I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's my... Man, we, we we carved through that list a bit. Okay, uh, Brad, you're up. What do you want to keep? All right, um, I would like to keep uh, the Graduate. Ooh. Try to make the case, Brad, because I'm not a huge fan of this movie. But if you can sway me, I'll, I'll be willing to back you. I'm a huge fan of the Graduate. Come on, I mean, aside from Simon and Garfunkel's incredible soundtrack, this is like. Uh, a great movie about the uncertainty of life uh, after graduation, you know, uh, trying to meet the expectations uh, of your parents, you know, uh, trying to do the right thing, hearing uh, guidance from all these different corners like that. And even when you think you've made the right decision, that that, that ending, you know, uh, if you think it's a happy ending, it's not because there's a reason that there's such a strange uh, silence at the end of this movie. And it's because it doesn't seem like he, he's made the right choice. And like the, the fate for them doesn't seem like it's sealed to be a happy, you know, thing leaving. And I've always loved that about that movie. Um, you know, it subverts the idea of like the, the, the romance, you know, leading to a happily ever after. And this movie does not have that happily ever after it, uh, you know, it ends with still that uncertainty of whatever life is going to bring. I also I, think, um, we'll go ahead, BJ. I would say I agree with you. I am disappointed that you didn't use that opportunity to make a sound of silence joke uh, in that description. <laughs> I, I I almost did. <laughs> I, I will say I thought of it for a split second. <laughs> um, but I think all of the things that you love about The Graduate are represented better in Harold and Maude, which is also still up for discussion. <laughs> But I think Harold and Maude, I, I think, uh, while I do agree that it does have some similar themes, I think Harold and Maude uh, is a is a bigger movie when it comes to like being a, a, a uh, an unconventional romance and a dark comedy. Also true. I The Graduate is such a lightning bolt in film history. It really is a before and after moment. Mike Nichols really tapped into what young people were feeling at that time. And it's one of the seminal, you know, the new Hollywood is here films from a historical point of view. I absolutely think it belongs on the list. I agree with Brad. That's incredibly entertaining and moving. And I like it a lot. I think it's aged extremely well. Um, uh, and the moments where maybe it hasn't are now at least in- incredibly interesting. Um, it sounds like it's not a lot. It sounds like we should move this up to our in discussion, have Brad pick in their title for now. Is this all okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
well, um, okay, I'm going to make a case uh, for Groundhog Day. Uh, one of the greatest comedies of all time, the absolute pinnacle of the uh, time loop story. Uh, it is hilarious. It is dark. It is romantic. Um, Bill Murray is this is his best performance, I think, by, by far. You know, you can say Lost in Translation because, you know, he got an Oscar nomination for it. This is a movie. This is a kind of comedy that deserves Oscar attention. And I wish Academy Awards would pay attention to movies like this, uh, because th- this is one of those comedies that, like Back to the Future, has a, uh, a high concept, a perfect screenplay, and it's executed flawlessly. I love this movie a lot. I could be convinced to this, but I want to hear what everybody else has to say. Yeah, I kind of think that this should be on there. I think I think I'm with you on this one, Brad. I'm less on board, but I'm also not going to be upset if it does make the list. Oh man, I my one <laughs> <sound> split. <laughs> Damn, am, this is this is a favorite film of mine. Um, I love that our top 100 has a big comedy presence. Most of the most times people make lists like this, they ignore comedies, and whereas ours has Anchorman, was <laughs> one of the most voted movies right way onto our list from the start. Um, uh, my one concern is that we already have some Bill Murray, Harold Ramis rep with Ghostbusters. Mm. But that's a different kind of comedy, though. You know, Ghost, Ghostbusters like paved the way for for a, a different kind of, of movie. Like that's kind of where like you know high concept you know comedy like i feel like really outside of buddy cop comedies that brings something different you know and i feel like there's so many movies today that don't exist without without ghostbusters but uh yeah i don't know groundhog day i think to me offers something something different um especially just because of how it deals with uh immortality and mortality in the same breath oh i love this movie i love this movie a lot brad has my support all right so i'm sitting here thinking about it and i think I am leaning more towards keeping it, if only because for a very long period of time, Groundhog Day felt very unique um, to itself. And in the last, you know, what is it, five years, we have seen so many of these time loop movies because clearly this is a model that works really, really well. And everybody is still trying to chase what Groundhog Day did. And I don't think anyone's really been able to do it uh, quite in this way. So I, uh, yeah, I think I'm starting to lean more towards keeping it because when you when you basically set a standard for a new style of film that's worth celebrating yeah yeah all right groundhog day you're in huzzah okay brad kill something or multiple ones uh do what you gotta do okay um i think that we probably um need to cut Gosh, this is so hard. Um, I have a feeling that Clerks isn't going to make it. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I love me some Clerks and old school Kevin Smith, yeah, it's unfortunately, uh, it's not supposed to be here today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Brad, is there anything else you want to kill? Um, man, this is just, it's just getting so hard now that I, I don't... Uh, it feels so cutthroat now at this stage. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It feels like I'm like picking on people. <laughs> um, Am I bullying? Let's have let's have a musical discussion. We've got uh, Moulin Rouge and the Rocky Horror Picture Show on here. 
those two films uh, should not be compared in any stretch of the imagination, musically or historically. No, I mean, I, yeah, they're, they're two wildly different movies. Um, I uh, Here's the thing. I will admittedly say that I am not a Rocky Horror Picture Show fan. I recognize uh, its influence and how much people love it and what it means to a lot of, a lot of people. Um, but I, I, I don't entirely like... Uh, you can yeah. be wrong. That's totally cool. People are allowed <laughs> to be wrong. That's my line, PJ. <laughs> um, but you know, I I I I feel like there will be there'll definitely be big support for it from from BJ. But I just I don't know if if either of them make the list honestly because I, I I love me some Moulin Rouge. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think Moulin Rouge gets cut. I like it a lot, but it doesn't, it's not top one hundred. Yeah, I like actively mm. don't like it, so I'm Whoa! happy to see that. Oh my know. goodness. Rude. Wow. <laughs> but let's have the conversation about Rocky Horror right now because I I think it's one of the most important films ever made, but I don't like watching it. I just watched it for the first time like within the past year and was kind of blown away by just like how different it was than what I thought it was going to be based on like cultural osmosis. It's such a weird movie, but like I was riveted the entire time. So, and the fact that you watched that at home and was riveted is a testament because Rocky horror is a communal experience. It is like, we talk about popcorn movies, blockbuster movies, Rocky Horror is the communal film for the underground. It, it It is a sanctuary film. There is a reason that during quarantine, there were theaters that would just play it to an empty audience on Saturday nights so that they could keep the tradition alive that has been going on since the 70s because it is a tradition and it is still going on. And uh, this is where I get on my, my thing of I would rather kick Heg- Hedwig out, which I know is in contention for Rocky Horror because ro- without Rocky Horror, Hedwig doesn't exist. Without Rocky Horror, a lot of queer cinema doesn't exist. And it also kind of gave us Tim Curry, <laughs> which <laughs> that uh, deserves yeah. all of its own awards. Here's the I deal think- I'll make. Let's, let's put Rocky Horror in the top 100 and remove Hedwig from contention and say goodbye to it. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yep, agree. I know we're kind of out of order here now, but I feel like that's the the right choice because I, I I am not necessarily a big Rocky Horror fan, but I think BJ's talk there about how what communal experience is, the fact that it's still playing in theaters, the fact that it's still a thing, that's something I think is important and, and to celebrate. And one thing I have uh, thought about offline, have not mentioned yet, I mentioned here in the podcast, is that each section of the, the final list will have one final line called the ultimate take, where the writer writing that blurb can rec- recommend one movie to watch as well. As long as we talk about Hedwig in addition to Rocky Horror in that section, thumbs up. Deal. Uh, right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that way we can make it a top 200 secretly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, now uh, I'm just going to recommend like wild shit that was like not even on the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to Ben. Um, that was a good oh, I, I have one more cut. Oh, one more, okay. I'm not a Twin Peaks person. Get rid of it. There's another Lynch movie on this list that has, I think, deserves more attention if we're going to do a Lynch movie. Yeah, I, I think the movie Fire Walk with Me is is the movie, and I think that movie means a lot to a lot of people. But, um, but yeah, like you know, we only have X number of slots left here, and I, I just don't. Yeah, if we were making a top two hundred, I could see it certainly being included. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just I, I don't think it's it's gonna make the cut. All right. Movies fire with me. Well, there's like another Lynch list, another Lynch on this list that we could talk about later. <laughs> okay, Ben, you're up. 
I'm really trying here, guys. I don't know where to put my, where to sort of throw my weight around. Um, cause it's, it's strategy at this point. Like I, I'm, there's a movie that I really want personally to be on here, but then there's another one that I want to fight for that I feel like might have some more support. So like, do I go with the one that I'm probably going to get more pushback on now? So, uh, all right. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Here. How about this? How about this? How about we put RRR on the list? Need some Indian cinema on there. Incredible movie that that spans all genres. We've talked a lot about it on the podcast, so I don't, I don't think we need to really make the case for it here because it's so fresh in everybody's memory. And then if we do that, I guess I'll try to be the bigger person and we can scrap Fast Five from the list. <laughs> That's a, I a fair trade. I, I know yes, just our last call, we cut everything everywhere all at once because we felt it was too recent, but somehow I don't feel that way about RRR. I just don't. Yeah, I, I actually agree, because I, I thought the same thing. I thought we might end up losing RRR for that very same reason, but I feel like RRR, um, the staying power is already, like, intrinsically clear, and it's not going to go away. Like, that that's just a tremendous uh, movie right there that I'm never for- going to forget, like, yeah. where and when I saw it. And, and honestly, it kind of has the spirit of Fast Five in a way. So It does, it <laughs> does, yes. I also hate the recency bias argument, if only because when you get married, who do you marry? The most recent person you've dated. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> I, I when, you, when you know, you know. Sometimes, you, sometimes uh, you also divorce that person. You know, that's a great point. <laughs> I will say, if you buy the Fast Five, it is one of the most entertaining movies of the past couple of decades. Yeah, it rules. All right. Ben, what else do you want to remove? Um, let's take a look here. So, how are we doing on animation on the on the list so far? Do we have what do we, we have? Got, like we got Toy Story, we got The Lion King, and Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, and, Perfect and, and, and the and, and the Iron Giant, and Perfect Blue, and Coraline, and Kiki's Delivery Service. So we actually have a really strong list. Wow. Okay, that's great. I'm very proud of us. Um, I guess with all of that representation already in place, I'm going to suggest that we get rid of Beauty and the Beast, which is a movie that I love. Um, obviously the animated one, not the <laughs> the live action sort of monstrosity. Um, I love that movie, but I just, you know, looking at the, the um, what do we have? Like 12 spots or 13 spots left or something. And, and all of the other classics that we have to talk about. Um, I think with the the animation stuff we already have represented, it's it's fine to say goodbye to Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, this is my favorite Disney movie, um, but Lion King had a lot more support in voting, so I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And also, shout out to Beauty and the Beast being this the animated film that scared the industry more than anything in the world, because they really thought that was going to be silence at the Oscars, and that rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beauty and the Beast is gone. Uh, Betty, anything else you want to nominate for Academy? Um, Let's see. Hmm. Uh... What about um, the Seventh Seal? Is that that's to me seems like the movie? And I know this is like stupid to say, given like how many classics we're talking about here. But that to me, uh, of all the remaining movies that we're going to talk about today, seems like the most like a movie that would be on some other sites list and not on Slash Films list, if that makes sense. Um, 
So I don't know if that that alone is grounds for removal <laughs> at this stage or what. But I was I want to give somebody the opportunity to try to fight for it if somebody here really believes that it should be there. It's in my top one hundred. Um, yeah, Ingmar Bergman is not necessarily a slash film filmmaker. I, I get that. He, he, we are a site that caters toward you know more more mainstream taste, but in a good way. But um, I I think that Bergman is a lot more accessible. Um, in this era, I, I, I think Bergman, Bergman becomes, becomes a trickier filmmaker uh, the older he gets, I think. But his black and white era, his movies are surprisingly funny, surprisingly approachable, surprisingly entertaining. And Seven Seal, for all of its like you know famous iconography of you know the knight playing chess with death on the beach, uh, it's not the gloom fest people think it is. It's actually an incredibly entertaining, moving you know and, and pretty sprightly movie, all things considered. Um, but I understand that it's not going to make this list, and I'm okay cutting it if everybody else on the call agrees. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's one of those movies where, like, its 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 legacy has like cemented its place, you know, on a lot of the top lists that we've seen. And not that it doesn't deserve it, but I feel like there have been so many movies since then that, like, it's it's tough to include it by default. But it, it obviously still deserves respect. So yeah, shout out to the Seventh Seal. Yeah, black and white '50s '60s Bergman is truly incredible. I. I Honestly, not bigger on his more on his longer <laughs> color work, but I generally think that there was a period in the fifties where uh, Bergman was creating some of the best movies in the world. So it's gone though. All right, that'll do it for me, Jacob. Okay, BJ, it's back to you. All righty. So um, I would like to keep the watermelon woman. Um, Cheryl Dunier is just absolutely masterful. Uh, bit of queer cinema and I would like to save it on the grounds that But I'm a Cheerleader does go away which I know is going to be really difficult for a lot of people to hear Um, but I think The Watermelon Woman um, is more important (laughs) um, because of of what it has to say about Black queerness and that intersectionality which is also why I think that that should be there in place of Moonlight which we also got uh, rid of already I, I think The Watermelon Woman is just a remarkable film that kind of went underseen for a long time due to a lot of the implicit bias that a lot of American filmgoers have. Um, but it's it's just a phenomenal piece of work and it deserves to be highlighted for how important it is. Yeah, this is one that's it's a blind spot for me, but there's been a recent uprising in... Um... In this, in this film's estimation, everybody seems to be fine. The Criterion Collection helped. <laughs> that's where that's where I first became super aware of it, and uh, it's on my list to watch. And this is a case where, like, I straight up can't speak to it beyond reputation. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it's the, if it's as, as we rewrite the canon of you know great cinema here, or rewrite it for our purposes, I feel like this is the kind of movie that I would like to see on the list. Yeah, I like this is an instance where I think the Watermelon Woman should be the the piece that's on the list and then, but I'm a cheerleader is the one that is recommended for it um, as well. That that's my feelings on it. Yeah. I'm in the same boat as Jacob. So I, I support this. I back this. Yes. All right. By machine leader. Cheerleader has been removed from the main list. We'll see if it gets added into the um, uh, little uh, uh, secondary list we're making, but um, yeah, we're locked it in. All right. Back to me. Um, or BJ, do you have cuts to make? Oh, sorry. Yeah, BJ, cut some stuff. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, I was going to say 
we should probably have the horror movie conversation. We have a lot of horror still left on here. And I think it becomes a hard conversation because horror is so vast with its subgenres and the subgenres are almost as important as the overall umbrella of horror. And I think that's why so many of us have been avoiding a lot of these titles. Yeah, I I went and bold them on the list. Um, you missed you missed Rosemary's Baby. Oh, thank you. Um, and Dawn of the Dead. Okay, we'll start with Dawn of the Dead. I think we cut Dawn of the Dead right away because Night of the Living Dead's on the list. We have Romero. We don't need a second Romero, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean Dawn of the Dead does offer something a little bit different, but I I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, so let's look at what's, let's look at the hard movies you left on this list. Cabin in the Woods. I think we can cut that right away. I love it, personal favorite yeah. of mine, but it's not top one hundred. Yeah, yeah, if it was a yeah. horror movie list, it'd be there. All right. That hurts. That hurts, but I get it. Uh, the rest of them are Cure, Pulse. They're both both of those Japanese movies. Rosemary's mm-hmm. Baby, Suspiria, The Blair Witch Project, The Evil Dead, The Exorcist, and Videodrome. I'm gonna go really hard at bat for The Blair Witch Project. Um, I am too, BJ. Just because one, I love it. Two, I thought it was real for like three years of my life because I was a child, um, and that's very effective. But also found footage in POV. Like it wasn't yeah. the first, but it put it on the map and perfected it. Yeah, groundbreaking, huge, scary. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's got everything. Of also, these two, I think yeah. that Witch and Exorcist make the list, and the rest are up for deletion. Yeah, you know, I think you're right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The, the Evil Dead is a great movie, but it's a scrappy, you know, influential trash thing that I love to death. Um, and it announced the arrival of something important. But Evil Dead, is, it, it's not going to make a top 100. The only one I'm slightly on the fence about is Rosemary's Baby. Um, but, yeah. I'm also very on the side of, like, you know, maybe we just talk about, like, hey, Rosemary's Baby is really, really great. And it is influential and it is fantastic. But I also really love lists that kind of say we don't care how good you were roman polanski you suck and no one should praise you ever um so i'm also cool with that <laughs> that's true and i yeah because i that's one of the reasons i had trouble whether or not i wanted to put annie hall on my list because obviously that movie is great but hey fuck off woody allen yeah <laughs> Fred, annie hall is a, is a movie i've seen more than most but i, I couldn't bring myself to put on my list I think you're right. Yeah, I th- I think you're right, Jacob. I think it's Blair Witch and Exorcist, and yeah. everything else goes here. Yeah, yeah. I guess Blair Witch is too foundational, and The Exorcist is too foundational. Yeah, and we have a pretty ho- solid horror rep, rep on our list already. Like it's a really good horror list in terms of like rep for it. Um, I just don't see how Pulse and Cure are uh, fit on the list. Rosemary Baby is important, but I think Exorcist kind of one upped it. Suspiria is the Argento, but even mm-hmm. then, Argento is too much of his own thing for top 100 lists. Top 100 horror lists, as BJ said earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the one I feel bad about is Videodrome, because I'm not what I mean, no Cronenberg on this list. But as much as I adore Cronenberg, I'm not going to lose sleep over Cronenberg not being on a top 100 list. He'd be a top 200 list for sure. Yeah, because yeah. Cronenberg's a little more niche, too. Yeah. All right, so do we feel good about Exorcist moving up, um, Blair Witch moving up and deleting the rest? Yeah. Yep. Yes. I will say, good on our team, though, for voting all these movies in, into the um, nomination list because that's some solid, solid stuff. All right, so Videodrome's gone. 
Evil Dead's gone, Suspiria's gone, Rosemary's Baby's gone, and Pulse is gone. And with that, we have 10 slots left open, folks. And Cure is gone, too. Oh, Cure's gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. I'm going to nominate um, the single most subversive American movie ever made, and that's RoboCop. Yeah! Paul Verhoeven <laughs> took a bunch of American money and made the most scathing satire in Hollywood history. No stone left unturned. It is... It is. It has become like the benchmark for me for measuring our dumb future. I mean, if Blade, Blade Runner was not right, Blade Runner imagined a future where things were dark and horrible, but they were beautiful. Robocop imagines a, a future where things were dark and horrible, but they're stupid. And Robocop is the most on-point piece of American satire ever produced inside the studio system by a mad genius. And the fact that Starship Troopers wasn't on this list, I'm the only one who voted for it, means that Robocop needs to be on this list. Yeah, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yep. <laughs> Damn it, BJ. You didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's go on a killing spree. Um, once again, I don't think a few good men is one of the nine remaining slots, guys. Yeah, now that we're here, mm-hmm. you can get rid of it. It's fine. I can't handle the truth. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, based on its, its limited votes, I don't think Cabaret is going to hang for the top nine or bottom nine here. Oh, I forgot about Cabaret during oh, our musical God, discussion. I, I love it so much. All I just want to say is to quote the late, great Brittany Murphy, Cabaret is the greatest film about World War II ever made. <laughs> Cabaret is a great movie, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think, it, I think it's contention for the final nine. Yeah, I think it can go. All right, I'm going to sacrifice a darling, a movie I have seen 30 times. I quote endlessly. I have art in my walls from it, but Clue cannot make the bottom nine here. <sighs> I know. I want it to, but I know. <laughs> yeah, that's tough, but I think you're right. I'm happy we got Rocky Horror in there for at least a little bit of Tim Curry action. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I he also have blow. clue art on my wall as well. So, <laughs> All right, This one kills me. This kills me. But on a list where we already have Goodfellas, do we need Raging Bull? Uh, no. <sighs> Some would say yes, but I think with only eight slots left and so many other things to talk about, I think it's okay for us to cut it at this point. And plus, I would fight much more for Taxi Driver than I would Raging Bull. Yeah, same. Oh, see, I was about, I was about to say we should cut Taxi Driver too. Oof. We'll, 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 we'll wait on that one. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's, let's cut Prisoner of Kwai because we already have um, Lawrence of Arabia up for discussion. Um, yeah, and I would pick Lawrence of Arabia over that. Let's That's cut the conversation fair. because we already have um, the Godfather and Apocalypse Now in discussion. Mm-hmm. Let's cut the Maltese Falcon, guys, because uh, the third man's on the list and we have Casablanca repping Bogart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, that's right. Okay, okay. Let's cut Thelma and Louise because it's it's terrific, but let's is it, is it in the bottom? Is it, is it in these final eight? No, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that one that one hurts too. I mean, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's do one more. Let's move on to um, Brad. And after Brad, after the next three turns, we're going to merge what's left and take it all as a list and figure out what we need to do to fill up our slots. Okay. All right. So, Brad, what is your next nomination? Um, shit. I... I think I'm going to go with Network. Uh, network, I mean, 
all things like considered how relevant it is today i feel like that's just reason enough for for it to be on this list uh and maybe that's enough um but i mean yeah like that's that's an incredible movie um with impeccable writing and yeah i I feel like it has so much staying power and the fact that it still has so much to say you know i think you know really means something um yeah that's all i'll say about network i like network a lot but I'm not so sure it's going to make my cut here. Yeah, looking at the stuff that we've moved up to, like in discussion, I, I think it. I think it. We need to battle out, like you know. I think it needs to be in there so we can battle it out with some of those other things before we just like immediately lock it in. Let's do that. Let's move network up because it doesn't feel like a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm more inclined to cut things than i am to try to add things we'll cut this up first then we'll, we'll, we'll do it in reverse okay i think we can get rid of arrival um this was on my list i love arrival uh it uh, it genuinely brings tears to my eyes every time i watch it i just it just hits me so hard i i love um the non-chronological storytelling i love how it uses uh language you know as the the driving force behind behind the story Amy Adams is phenomenal in it. Um, yeah, every, there's a, I love everything about this movie, honestly, but I just don't think it's going to make the list. Yeah, this is also on my list, but uh, I'm cool cutting it. Yeah, same. Yep, I agree. Right. What else you want to cut? Go on, scary <sighs> man. Let's do it. Let's, let's just try to band it off. So this is tough, but I don't think this is the best James Bond movie, and I think we should cut Casino Royale because if if we're not going to have Skyfall on this list, then Casino Royale shouldn't be on this list. <laughs> Casino <laughs> Royale is the best James Bond movie, but I also, speaking as a, I know Ben and I are both massive James Bond fans. And I think that Ryan Scott, uh, writer on the site, um, who's not on this call but voted on this list, I think also included on his. I love Casino Royale to death. I love the James Bond franchise as a whole. I think it's the best example of James Bond can be. And that said, I'm okay cutting it. I don't know, Jacob. I feel like there's a case, you know, I think the Martin Campbell of it all, the fact that he directed GoldenEye and then came back to direct this movie and that it sort of serves as like ground zero for reboot culture in, and it might be the best franchise reboot ever made. I think there's a case to be made for its like importance aside from, you know, outside of just the James Bond franchise and like, you know, ushering in a sort of, new and arguably terrible era of Hollywood, but doing it in with like such style and such class that, um, that you can sort of put it on a pedestal. And I don't know, I, I think a case could be made for us to keep it. Let's move up to the discussion. Okay. What, what else you want to, what else was on your mind, Brad? Um, I think, I think we can cut Beetlejuice. Um, I love Beetlejuice. It's hilarious. Uh, it's weird. It's it's Tim Burton's best movie, uh, if you don't count Batman. And uh, it's truly original. But unfortunately, because of how much other comedy representation we have on this and how much horror representation we have on this list, I don't think it's going to make the cut. Yeah, my favorite Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was ever better. But yeah, I, I think it's time to cut it. Yeah, agreed. All right. Brad, what else is in your craw? Uh, I'm going to show my ignorance here, maybe. I don't know what Cleo from 5 to 7 is. Ugh. 
That's Agnes Varda. I have not mm-hmm. seen it. It's been on my list for like 10 years, but I have not seen it yet. Gotcha. But, yeah, um, I'm very, very blind when it comes to Agnes Varda, which, which is uh, probably a, a shame point for me. But I just want to put on the record that it is phenomenal. Um, I do think that that would be a, a film that would be on a general like top 100 list. But on a slash film list, I don't think so, because I feel like a majority of our readers are also going to be like, I don't know what the hell that is. Um so maybe that could be that that is the argument that I will allow for it to be <laughs> taken off the list. <laughs> At this point, I'm going to allow any argument we can to get this list smaller. So I'm going to cut it. All right. It's gone. But I will say that uh, Agnes Varda is definitely a blind spot that I also need to fill. I'm sorry, BJ. Oh, my God. <laughs> did none of you have a pretentious film student phase? I did. I, oh, oh, I did. I did. I watched 1950s <laughs> Swedish movies, BJ. Yeah, this, this, is, this is this is why I love Federico Fellini. <laughs> okay, good, good. All right, uh, Brad. Anything else you want to cut while you have the table? No, I'm good. Everything else is too hard. <laughs> okay, Ben. This list is a nightmare now. What's up? Yeah, there's not very many things to choose from here. Um. <laughs> I mean, how silly is it for me on a a list of contenders that includes things like Sunset Boulevard, Taxi Driver, and King Kong for me to try to go to bat for Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World? Um, Oceans are battlefields. Oceans are mother effing battlefields. This movie is so good. Um, Incredible. it, it's impossible to compare it. You know, it's just silly. It feels so stupid to put this movie up against something like Sunset Boulevard. But, you know, if you're talking about just like pure entertainment and like uh, this, that sort of swashbuckling spirit that something like The Mask of Zorro had, which is still in contention, but I don't think is probably going to make this list. Um, you know, Russell Crowe at his absolute peak. Paul Bettany is in there. Like this is you know, the the whole like dudes rock movement, this I feel like is sort of ground zero for that as well. Um, there's just so many, gr- this is like, this is peak dad cinema. And I don't know how many, you know, dad movies we have really on, on this mm-hmm. list here, or if we, if we need them. Um, but if we do, then, then friggin' Master and Commander is going to come swinging in <laughs> off the poop deck and, and help save the day. <laughs> I feel like this is a movie that people will see on our list and they'll like some people will be confused and then some people are going to be like, hell yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's my feeling of Mastering Commander. Look, I saw this movie in theaters opening day in 2003. And I thought for sure I was wa- watching the next big thing we've been talking about for years. It's taken 20 years to reach that point, but it is an incredible film. Made my favorite Russell Crowe performance. By far the best film set on a ship of all time. At least they, they oh yeah. So Oh man, it! Oh man, um... are we gonna let chaos reign? Because I can I'm at the point now where I'm like, you know what? The coffee's kicked in. Master Commander makes the list. <laughs> you know what though? I feel like Master. There's no. There's no one that's for both Master Commander and Lawrence of Arabia. One must go. Oh my god, how funny it would be if we got rid of Lawrence of Arabia. I mean, that's where I'm leaning, BJ. I, I already said I'm not a huge Lawrence of Arabia fan. My my allegiances are clear here. I think and oceans are battlefields. So. I think Master and Commander is top two hundred. I'm not sure it's top one hundred. If I'm going to throw some water on the fire here, <sighs> Brad, why are you going to ruin the fun? All right, um, <laughs> I'm going to move it up right below Lord Arabia in our in our in discussion list. We'll, 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 we'll have that in a moment. But okay, all right. Do you think should go right right on top one hundred? Let's see. Let's see. Um, 
God, you know, so much of these are like personal favorites and then trying to think about the broader picture of like, this is a slash film list and what makes the most sense? Like, um, okay. Uh, I vote that we put King Kong on the list um, because that, God, I mean, that movie just still holds up incredibly well. It's, I know there've been so many remakes and obviously like the monster verse has taken that character in different directions and all that stuff. But like the old school uh, stop motion King Kong, if you watch that movie now, it is like relentlessly paced and incredibly entertaining. It just, it, it feels modern and uh, timeless. And it's just kind of unbelievable to see the tactility and like the, the early, uh, you know, uh, effects and stuff like, you know, talking about movies that ushered in a whole era of, um, of like Hollywood movie making. This is certainly, you know, in the pantheon for that. So um, I think there's a, a strong case to be made for this movie to stay in there. Uh, and if that happens, then I have a couple of th- options to take things away. But I don't know, I'm curious what you guys think about the original King Kong. Jacob, I know you love this. Yeah, this is an easy lock for me. I, was, I'm, 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 I think King Kong is foundational to cinema. Uh, and, and also, as you said, unlike a lot of films in the 1930s, which are honestly a, you know, sometimes a slog to get through because of the difference. And people hadn't quite figured out how to pace a movie, you know, a, lock, a, a sound film by that point. But King Kong got it. it. It's like 15 minutes in that movie and you're on a freaking adventure and it's over before you get bored. It's a great movie. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about influential classic films um, that still stand the test of time, this is easily toward the top of the list. And like, not just from a, you know, from a storytelling standpoint, too, but just, I mean, the, the visual effects like this set the stage for all sorts, you know, of creature features and that kind of thing. You know, it, it basically inspired an entire you know, subgenre in addition to moving forward cinema, you know, in an incredible way. And yeah, I, I love the original King Kong. It was on, it was on my list, so I'm I'm definitely down to put it up there. And like the filthy Americans we are, the kaiju movie on the list is King Kong and not Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I think Godzilla even got enough votes to get into the nomination list, unfortunately. Yeah, sadly. How do you feel, BJ? It's not like you're not as big on King Kong. So I love King Kong like quite a bit. Um I have weird feelings about how King Kong came to be, but that gets into like a discussion about like 1930s exploitation film, which that is, that's a whole different podcast. But I do think that King Kong is one of the most important American films ever made. And I do think that it deserves a place on the list. All right. King Kong's on there. Before, before Ben cuts some stuff, I want, I want to make a quick suggestion. Feel something in the room. I know earlier we locked in a bunch of stuff that got a lot of votes. Looking at what we have left, looking at what's on our list. I'm wondering if we should cut two of our locked-in Spielbergs, keep two of them, but so there's four Spielbergs in the list. If we cut two Spielbergs, it opens up two more slots for more variety. Ooh, that is a fascinating <laughs> option. Let's let's finish this round, and then when we combine everything, then, yeah. then see what that looks like, Jacob. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to cut any of those fucking Spielberg movies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I, I was just going to suggest that we cut Hard Boiled from the list. Oh, which my heart. <laughs> is, yeah, a personal favorite for me, John Woo's classic. Um, I mean, it, it is like just incredible in terms of the action and like the. One of the know, greatest so, opening scenes ever. <laughs> yes, and and arguably one of the greatest uh, action climaxes ever, the, the hospital shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the elevator one take 
shot, which has been, you know, talked about to death in terms of how they, they actually achieve that. I mean, how many movies still today, action movies still try to pull off, you know, epic wonders that I think still many of them pale in comparison to what John Woo was able to do with, with hard boiled. So um, yeah, just great, great stuff here. But um, it it seems like if we're making hard cuts, that's, that's one that probably isn't going to get, you know, go the distance for us. Yeah. um, Truly incredible top, you know, 10 action movie, but we have a, a Fury Road and Die Hard are on that list. T2's on the list. I, it's getting increasingly hard to justify action movies getting on the list when we have so much more I want to try to squeeze in. Yeah. Yep. All right. Goodbye, Hard Boiled. You're a masterpiece. Um, all right. Let's go to BJ because I'm, I'm curious what this is going to look like after this round is over. Okay. Um, oh, God. This is so hard. Uh, the one that's still left that I really am really gonna go to bat for i love dog day afternoon on a level that is probably unhealthy um i think that it is one of the most masterful films ever made with like three locations max um it is such an unbelievable performance it's an unbelievable crime film um how does this movie handle trans themes better than most movies now? Like I, I will never be able to wrap my head around how we have gone so far backward. Um, everyone is just firing on all cylinders in this movie. I love this movie so much. I could watch it every day and be fine with it. Great movie. My one concern is we have City of Met on the list already. Uh, Let's say we can't double up. We have we have we have multiple Spielberg, for instance. But that's true. We have multiple James Cameron, for instance. We, we, I'm not saying that's a deal breaker. I just want to point that out. Oh God, that's yeah. Damn. <laughs> because like all the things I love about Dog Day Afternoon, I also like kind of love in Twilight Green Men. Uh, so it does feel a little redundant. Oh no, I'm talking my own self out of it. Um, <laughs> Pacino is incredible in it. He's so good. Great yeah. movie. Let's move it up to in discussion. Okay. Contender for the final slots. Is there anything else in the list, BJ, that's like singing to you? Uh, I mean, I love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but it only got two votes. Um, but it's just such a remarkable piece of film. And like, uh, it's so good. <laughs> like, I'm. this is the point where we're at where all the movies that we have left, it's so hard to like contextualize why i love them outside of just they're just so good (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Uh, yeah i'm not like ride or die for anything on here like i'm not willing to just like go to the front lines for it so i don't know what that says how how about we merge the lists and just okay we just go from there all right uh bj how about you read the list of what's left all righty so what we have left is blade runner Avengers Endgame, Best in Show, This is Spinal Tap, Lawrence of Arabia, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, Clueless, Heathers, Almost Famous, Point Break, Speed, The Fugitive, The Mask of Zorro, Let the Right One In, Predator, Apocalypse Now, The Graduate, Network, Casino Royale, Dog Day Afternoon, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Harold and Maude, Metropolis, Mulholland Drive, Planet of the Apes, Sunset Boulevard, Taxi Driver, The Apartment, The Night of the Hunter, and The Truman Show. All right. I'm going to make a few quick suggestions to get this list cut down. That is 30 titles. We only have uh, eight slots left. So 22 of these. Oh, have. my God. <laughs> um, since Master Commander is clearly one we're, that's really really talking about, we can cut Truman Show. We, we only need one Peter Weir movie in discussion right now. 
I, I can agree with that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, they're man, so different, fuck. though. Yeah, I, like and Truman Show, like it, it, it sets the stage for like you know uh, everything that we would come to love and hate about reality TV, and uh, yeah, man. so does Master and Commander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, it just has so much to say about just like uh, you know en- entertainment and growing up in front of a camera, and just Jim Carrey, man, Jim Carrey is so fucking good in that movie. Okay, how about this? Let's let's talk about. There are two Billy Wadham films left on this list: The Apartment and Sunset Boulevard. Um, we already have um, some like a hot on the list, so we, whether that that stops one from getting in or not. But in my personal opinion, that while the apartment's on this list, we don't need Sunset Boulevard. Are we sure that we don't just want to make a list of like the top 125 movies? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jacob, this is really tough. Um. Uh... I love Sunset Boulevard and I love the apartment. They're both, they're both classic. I, I, I guess both of them could go um, because we already have a, a wilder on this list. Oh, and because... Our second wilder on the list. Oh, mine. Would, oh. My vote would be for Sunset Boulevard. Just you for the record. My vote would be for the apartment. Yeah. I would vote <laughs> for the apartment too. I think, I think we can probably get rid of both of them as painful as that is. Oof. Let's, let's, let's say, hmm. No, I don't know. I think there's other movies that we would get rid of before we got rid of those two. To be well, honest. let's go ahead and, and on the re- okay, let's let's do it. Avengers in, Avengers in Game is not always final seven guys or final eight. It can't be Avengers in Game cannot go on this list if we're cutting other other, other like some bona fide time travel time proven masterpieces. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I I think you're you're right. Uh, we we do have some pretty solid blockbuster superhero representation and as much as i do believe that like this is is, like a big movie to ignore it's tough to fit it in the top 100 seeing what else is on the list and everything so um we'll just say it's at 101 and there you go that's the for 101 so hey it'll it'll make a list that's generated by ai it's fine (laughs) (laughs) okay let's have the conversation guys best in show cannot be on the final eight here well (laughs) (laughs) oh man I'm just gonna rip the band-aid off. I love it. It can go. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think this is Spinal Tap makes it either. Yeah, I think they both go. Yeah. Yeah. They're both, they're both great. I think this Spinal Tap is one of the funniest movies ever made, but we have a really strong comedy lineup on our list, and I'm very proud of what we have. Yeah. Uh PJ, do you want to lead the Heather Heather's versus Clueless argument? <sighs> okay, so I actually like slept on this one and was thinking about it a lot. I do think that Heather's is the most important teen film made ever, period, end of discussion. However, we do not have any bimbo films on this list, and therefore <laughs> Clueless is starting to edge it out, and Clueless is also directed by a woman, which is a huge deal. Um, so I feel very, very torn, but I think I am swinging more in the side of Clueless um, at this point, even though I think Heather's is... I think I think Heather's is more important. I also think Heather's uh, discusses the the hell that is teenage existence in a satirical way, um, in ways that a lot of films are too afraid to do. And I don't think we're ever going to have another movie like it. Um, but Clueless is also so seminal and important. I think Clueless has also continued to influence um, 
and everyone else is just afraid of Heathers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also one of, one of the other reasons I really love Clueless too is because it's based on Shakespeare, and you know it's, it's that's also true. It's the same reason I love you know uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. You know, I, I love how it takes you know this this kind of classic story and turns it into something modern in a way that you know perfectly represents a generation you know in a certain time period. Uh, well, also not Shakespeare, but Jane Austen. Sorry. Oh, sorry. That's yes, yeah, Jane Austen. It sounds to me like Clueless makes a list, guys. I think so. I think so, too. All right, but Heathers is gone, BJ? Yeah, Heather, Heathers is gone. R.I.P. Okay, here's my suggestion real quick. Looking at what's locked in, like I said, we, we, I'm not saying we have to cap directors at two each, but Spielberg has four locked in before we even discussed it. And those four films are E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Jaws, Jurassic Park, and Raise the Lost Ark. What if I what if I said out loud that we removed Jurassic Park and ET, kept the Jaws and Raiders, and opened up two more slots to fit stuff in? No, I I'd will say you're out of your mind. Yeah, I'll throw myself into a volcano before I allow that to happen. <laughs> is, there, is there any combination of cutting two from that from that that would open up two more slots? No, I I cannot see cutting any of the Spielberg movies. I can't whatsoever. either. Like once you said it in like in sequence, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I can't. Uh, I think Jurassic Park absolutely has to be there. If one of those has to go, I think I think I could be I could I could sleep at night if ET wasn't on the list. Um, as much as that movie means to people, but I think Jurassic Park is like an absolute must. I don't know if I could sleep at night because that's a movie that tells kids to to not trust the government. That's really important. <laughs> All right. I just want to put it out there. It's only the answer is no, but now we have it on the record for us to, for us to link to when people yell at us that we had this conversation. It was addressed. Now we can move on. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I think that we should rip off the Band-Aid here and remove Point Brink, Speed, The Fugitive, and Master Zorro all at once. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, right. yeah that's I mean, the right call. Yeah, I love all these, but ouch. We were, yes. if we were doing they top are... one hundred action movies; they would be right there. But mm-hmm. yeah, they are such a beautiful representation. I also, I'd also toss the Mummy in there, which didn't make our list, but made mine. Of just the kind of expensive but not too expensive, sturdily made, romantic, sexy, interesting adult-oriented action movies that just don't really exist anymore. And then those are the best examples of them. Yeah. So. Yep. Okay. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Uh, you can cut almost famous. Oh, okay. I was prepared to have the fight the other way, so this is perfect. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna make it. We have there's too many other bona fide classics on here, and even though it's like a personal favorite, and a lot of slash from people have loved it, I feel like it, it would it would fall pretty close to the the to just being outside of the 100. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have six open slots and 20 movies left to fill them. Um. I think Metropolis should be in our, in our top 100, guys. So I've you, never seen it. You say actually. you don't or you do? I do. Okay. We only have one other silent film right now, and that's Nosferatu. Metropolis is the culmination of what silent cinema could have been, it was, this and Sunrise, probably. Uh, just the sci-fi movie is born here. You don't get Blade Runner in that Metropolis. You don't get, yeah. you get any of them. And it holds up. It is a beautiful, staggering thing to look at. And the scale at which it's produced, it is a vision. And it took Hollywood a decade to relearn how to make movies after they introduced sound. And Metropolis is an example of what happens when 20 years of silent filmmaking have climaxed into something ambitious and huge and, and weird. And 
interesting. I don't want to say perfect because because it, it, it definitely isn't perfect, but it is. Every single sci-fi movie on this list, otherwise, owes a debt to Metropolis, and it holds up. It is still great to watch. Yeah, I can't I can't argue against it because I haven't seen this one yet, but um, but I, I certainly am aware of its influence. So uh, I'll like remove myself from this, and you guys can battle it out. I think you're right. Yeah, I would keep Metropolis. I would feel happy if I had at least two sound films on this list, and then this will lock that in. Because I think one issue I had when making my personal list was I like the the ouvoirs of Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and Harold Lloyd, but there wasn't a single film of theirs. Like, I, I think City Lights is great, but it didn't make a top 100. I think The General is great, but it didn't make a top 100. Um, I think that in terms of, of, of iconic figures, Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin loom large as great silent filmmakers. Whereas Metropolis, for me, is a great silent film, if that, if that makes sense for people. So. Yeah. Yeah, put it on there. Right, it's there. Okay. Um, I think we should cut Apocalypse now. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should cut Predator. I still agree with you on that. <laughs> Yeah, you can cut Predator. It's fine. Yeah, yep. I Jacob I, is the chopper. You know what I'm saying? Ah, 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 since we just actually system Blair Wits, we should cut. Let the right one in. Yeah, <sighs> my heart. But yes, uh, uh, I don't know, Jacob. I don't know. Don't it's, delete it yet. It's, it's great. Like, it's great. But we have a lot of horror on this list. We only have what six more slots. But it also would increase the the scope, like the international component. That's um, true. Uh, it is. It is also the greatest story ever told about children exploring with sexuality. Yeah, it's almost like not even really like the vampire thing. Of course, is a part of it, but it's almost it's, it's everything almost else a secondary yeah. Yeah, yeah, component. Yeah, so it, it kind of yeah, doesn't true. really feel like a, a straight up horror movie or a vampire yeah. movie in that way. I, so. I never assess this movie as vampire. That's yeah, you're right. Like I mean, obviously it is, but well, then let's pivot and cut Planet of the Apes, a movie I freaking love. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. Okay. I love David Lynch. I like Mulholland Drive a lot. So I wouldn't be my pick here um, for my, my favorite David Lynch. Would anyone here go to bat for Mulholland Drive for the final six slots? No, I don't think so. Not for final no. six, but I do love it. <laughs> All right. Mulholland Drive is really excellent. I say we kill Blade Runner. Metropolis is on the list. Aliens on the list. We got robots. We can kill Blade Runner. Oof. I know it's foundational. I know it's important. Mm-hmm. It's one of my personal favorites. But I'm looking at what's not left in this list, and I feel like there are other places I want to spread the love. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think I can go as well. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, shoot. Down to 14 titles. Um, I think Crush Tiger, Hidden Dragon makes the list. I think so too. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad about it if it if it made that. Yeah, we get we get um, some more. We get more Asian cinema on there. We get uh, a Wusha film. We get Michelle Yao. We get we get. We, I, I I think that Contractor Hinder Dragon checks off a lot of boxes for mm-hmm. whatever it does. So, 
It's also just freaking entertaining as hell. The movie yeah. is really good. It's, it's really pretty to look at. <laughs> yeah. All right. Brad, do you, you agree? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. All right. We haven't even talked about this one yet. It's, it's been, I think it's been lingering around a lot of us. That's um, Charles Lawton's Night of the Hunter. This is a great goddamn movie. Yeah, it is. But I, I think we have too many like other similar sort of shadowy, like great cinematography, noir era type of movies. That I, I just don't. We, see we, don't it we don't have the fairy tale hard tinge noir. You, you, you don't have Del Toro without Night of the Hunter. I don't think that's my one hang up. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Jacob. There are so many other movies on this list that I would put on there before this. But I don't know if, if I'm if I'm uh, talked out of it. Like if anybody else, if I'm outvoted, then uh, I'm, I'm not going to be mad if this makes the list. But yeah, um, I'll, I'll, if, if everybody else, if all three of you say no, Jacob doesn't make the list, I will delete it right now. Oh, I but it's it, hard. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it is hard, but I say it doesn't make the list. Oh, why'd you put it on me? Um, oh God, I okay. I I agree. It's it, it doesn't need to be on the list, but it rules, and everyone needs more Shelley Winters in their life. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen Night of the Hunter, please do yourself a favor and go seek it out. All right, it's gone. All right, folks. Five slots left. Twelve titles available. Looking at the grand scheme here, I think there are two. Um, two showdowns here. We're like, it's like, oh, sorry, there's three showdowns here. I'm going to go ahead and um, unnumber these. Sorry, thrilling radio, I know. Uh, <laughs> shoot, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to unnumber it on this Google Doc. I was going to. Okay. Um, Lawrence of Arabia versus Master and Commander. The Graduate versus Harold and Maude, and Sunset Boulevard versus The Apartment. I feel like our three showdowns where one gets in and one doesn't. I hate how sold I am right now on Master and Commander. <laughs> I kind of love how sold <laughs> like, I am on Because I keep looking at that and I'm like, but I would watch Master and Commander over Lords of Arabia. <laughs> Even though I love it and I've watched it a million times, but... I would watch Master and Commander if, like, gun to my head, I had to pick. Vote it in. Vote it in. Vote it in. Come on. Let's go, guys. How about we put Lawrence Arabia and Master and Commander and just say, fuck it. <sighs> See, there are other movies I'd like better than Lawrence of Arabia to make this list. Um... Uh, where, where do you come down on this, Brad? I'm of the mind that Lawrence of Arabia belongs on the list more than master and commander as much as master and commander totally rules i still think master and commander is a little bit lower on on an all-time list i feel like maybe this could be how jacob was with hedwig where we got rocky horror but we have to mention hedwig lawrence of arabia goes in but you have to mention master and commander that's the rule i could live with that i think yeah i'll write lawrence of arabia entry ben and i'll do a blur of master commander below it Okay. All right. Sounds good. Oh, man. That was hard, though. Master Commander, though, I, I genuinely think belonged in this conversation. Like, not as a joke. I truly think it belonged to get this far and get this close. Truly. All right. Graduate versus Harold and Maude. 
I do think one of these gets in. I don't know which one. Graduate, I think, has a bigger shadow, but Harold and Maude is a movie that uh, I think has grown in estimation, you know, quietly over the years. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah, I hate. Askew versus Nichols. This is a, this is a tough, like two defining new Hollywood filmmakers. BJ, what do you think? I just I love Harold and Maude so much. <laughs> I do too. I love I love both of these movies. I love them. I love them so much. I think it's gotta be graduate. I love I them think, both. I think I think it's graduate. I, I think it does. I think it does too. If only because it is. It did get four votes. So yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, how about we also pair these two again for our blurb? Whoever watched graduate has has to mention Harold and Maude. I have the idea. I love it. I'm down. All right. Harold Mott's gone. All right, here's a question. Do we add a second Billy Wilder movie from Sunset Boulevard to the apartment, or do we let Sound Like a Hot rep him and we delete both of them? It's blasphemous. Cut both. So we have three slots and eight movies left, right, total? Yes. Um, Sunset Boulevard, The Apartment, Let the Right One In, Network, Casino Royale, Dog Day Afternoon, Taxi Driver, and The Truman Show. God, this is like <laughs> brutal. Because I really think Casino Royale and Truman Show, the cases that Brad and I made for them in terms of like cultural relevance and like, you know, uh, ushering in new eras and all that kind of stuff, I feel like that might be strong enough to make them, you know, to, to vault them up onto this list. But that would mean that like, taxi driver doesn't make it or like you know ne- uh, network might not make it i don't know um wait let's talk about the, the, the films from 1976 network and taxi driver which one do we prefer taxi, taxi driver. driver taxi driver taxi driver gets it let's lock it in <laughs> yeah i think so and that means that there's only two spots left um i think that they should go to Sunset Boulevard and Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, let's put that Sunset Boulevard and Dog Day Afternoon. Ben, which two would you vote for? Um, I I, I think it would be Casino Royale and Truman Show. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's so stupid. It sounds so idiotic to say that, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's where my heart lies. Jay, which two would you vote for? Dog Day Afternoon. And let the right one in. <laughs> All right, I would vote for the apartment, uh, and I like to point out I supported the apartment earlier, but I think Sunset Boulevard is the one that, that probably should end up on the list. So, no one voted for Network, so I think we can cut Network. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's fine. I do. That's yeah. I mean, undeniable how important and great that movie is. But yeah, and all those movies got at least got one vote except for Doggy Afternoon, which got three. I think Doggy Afternoon makes the list. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's right. Yeah. We have one slot left, and that oh slot is between Sunset Boulevard, <laughs> The Apartment, Let the Right One In, Casino Royale, and The Truman Show. Let me remind you, you can still cut two of those Spielbergs. No, you can't. 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 <laughs> All right. Keep in mind also, this is a slash film list. So whatever that means to everyone, which is something a little different to everyone, I'm sure. Um, just think about that as we go into this final cutthroat moment here. 
I feel like my parents have given me $20 and sent me down the toy aisle and was like, you get to pick one. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I don't know, guys. I don't know. I really feel like a, a very strong case could be made for all of these. I feel like let the right one in like that slashfilm.com is where I learned about that movie when I was a reader of the site before I became a writer and ultimately an editor. So I, I think a case could be made that that's a, you know, one of the like most important sort of modern, uh, you know, entries on this on this list. Uh, and that that is very much like a slash film movie because the site covered it at the time. Um I have a let the right one in tattoo. <laughs> right, let, let's cut the apartment sunset boulevard. Yeah. We have on the list. They're, they're both masterpieces, but they're just. Ooh, damn. Down. Brutal. Yeah. I think we got it. Yeah. I think you're right. All right. Truman show. Let the right one in Casino Royale. I think that. I think it's gotta be, I, I, I think it's gotta be Casino Royale. If between these three, just because it, it it does fit this like the idea of like you know slash film kind of you know ma- ma- more movies that have a little more mass appeal, but also I do like what Ben said about how Casino Royale was kind of like first there on the scene doing like a franchise reboot like in a proper way because like sure they had done new James Bond before, but Casino Royale really did start from scratch. It 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 made James Bond into something much more than a gimmick, you know, because uh, like I, I obviously the James Bond movies there classics and that kind of thing but a lot of them are very silly and casino royale really made you start to take james bond more seriously um and you know you can talk about you know whether setting off a a wave of a bunch of you know reboots of its same ilk was a good or bad thing but it's undeniably influential and it, it is a great james bond movie even if i don't think it's quite the best but you know i just realized that I said that this was the first and I thought it was, but this movie actually came out in 2006 and Batman Begins came out in 05. So I think technically Batman Begins would be the movie that deserves the, I don't know what you would call it, uh, praise and or hatred for that sort of ushering in period. So I just completely undercut the argument that I made and that you just made, Brad. All right, then it's uh, Truman Show. All right. <laughs> let's, let's cut to Cena Royale and have the, let's write one in versus Truman Show conversation. <sighs> My only feeling of not wanting the Truman Show is that uh, I just love what that went in and it's international, which is always exciting. The Truman Show is so phenomenal. But I also feel like that comes into like the the Jim Carrey subversion conversation, which I think is already represented on this list. I, oh, it is. What what do we have? We have Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine. Oh, I, yes, that's right. But I, but, but I mean, Truman Show was first. But I, I, me, I think the cultural relevance is what makes it more, you know, more more important than the Jim Carrey performance thing. I think it's not the right one in. I'm not gonna be mad about it, but I think that at this point, that's the movie I want in the top 100 more than Truman Show. Yeah. And this is wild because I like was fully convinced that we weren't going to get this on day one. And I was like, oh, we can get rid of it. I know it's sad. And now it's like this little Swedish vampire film that could. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Truman Show like made me feel all the feelings uh, at the time. I just remember that being like an incredibly powerful viewing experience. I haven't seen it in a long time. 
So I don't know how well it holds up. I'm guessing pretty well. It, it as someone felt- as someone who has watched this movie at least once a year since like since you know it's been available on DVD, like yeah, I can tell you it definitely holds up. Um, I'll make a proposal. I noticed we have three Hitchcocks on the list: Psycho, Vertigo, and Rear Window. What if we cut Rear Window and put both Truman Show and Like Rear Window on the list? Ooh, there's no fucking way. <laughs> but I like I swapping Rear Window for the Truman Show personally. Um, my only hesitation it, is that like Rear Window had six votes. I mean, that's true. Yeah, Jacob, I like where your head's at. I just don't like that particular option. If there's another one on the list that you think might be, are there any worth... movies that have five votes? Since we since we started cutting down the ones that have four, Vertigo has five. I would much rather keep Rear Window on and cut Vertigo. I think I think Psycho and and Rear Window is like a better representation of sort of different ends of Hitchcock to me. Um, but also Vertigo is like you know, voted the number one movie of all time for a long time mm-hmm. and things like that. So like, I don't know, I, I'm just not a, a as big of a fan of Vertigo personally. So I don't know how much of that is just me talking and how much of that represents actually the people on this call. I don't have a dog in this fight because my favorite Hitchcock movie is Rope. So yeah. <laughs> the sort of out there is an opportunity to, to get both these movies on the list. Uh, I'm okay cutting Vertigo if everybody agrees. What do you think, Brad? There's something about it that just like feels a little wrong, even though like I I don't mind the reasoning. Um, yeah, man, I was close to saying yes, but I keep second guessing. <laughs> what do you think, Jacob? Like in your heart of hearts, what, what do you think should happen here? My heart of hearts would cut two of the Spielbergs. Okay. Forget your heart of hearts. <laughs> what is your what does your second heart tell you? <laughs> that we cut Vertigo since of the three Hitchcocks that were locked at first, it's one that had the fewest votes. That way we get uh Truman Show and let the right one on the list and we call it a day. I think Brad, you're gonna have to give the go ahead for that. Yeah, do it. All right. The Vertigo is gone. The right one in Truman Show. Added to the list. Guys, we have our top 100. Man, this is a good list of movies. And oh, yet, we were go- we we're going to get so many responses on Twitter of, uh, you forgot. So, <laughs> does it even matter? All this time we did anyway. Do you read the whole thing? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's put this up. I'll read the first 20, and then Brad, and then Ben, then BJ. Sure. Yeah, cool. Right. First twenty, not not in any not in any order really. There's some loose alphabetical going happen happening here, but well, not. It, actually, actually, the first like uh, however many are in, are in alphabetical order. So let's, okay, let's see. Uh, the first one is actually Ghostbusters, so it's not quite. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm I, I'm at the, of the ones that we voted on. Okay, uh, Ghostbusters, Brazil, Tangerine, Tombstone, Twelve Angry Men, Two Thousand One Space Odyssey, Alien, All the President's Men. Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, Blowout, Casablanca, Cis, uh, Children of Men, Citizen Kane, Die Hard, Do the Right Thing, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Get Out, Goodfellas, Halloween, and In the Mood for Love. 
Inception, It's a Wonderful Life, Jaws, Jurassic Park, Little Women, Mad Max Fury Road, Night of the Living Dead, Pan's Labyrinth, Parasite, Psycho, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Rear Window, Rocky, Scream, Silence of the Lambs, Singing in the Rain, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Dark Knight, The Godfather, The Iron Giant, The Lion King, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Matrix, The Princess Bride, The Shining, The Sixth Sense, The Social Network, The Thing, The Wizard of Oz, There Will Be Blood, Titanic, Toy Story, When Harry Met Sally, Some Like It Hot, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. The Muppet Movie, Perfect Blue, Kiki's Delivery Service, The Shawshank Redemption, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, Pink Flamingos, Yojimbo, Young Frankenstein, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Coraline, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future, No Country for Old Men, The Third Man, Paris is Burning, Bride of Frankenstein, Heat, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Pulp Fiction. And I'll close this out. Roman Holiday, Nosferatu, Old Boy, Groundhog Day, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, RRR, The Watermelon Woman, The Exorcist, The Blair Witch Project, Robocop, King Kong, Clueless, Metropolis, Crush and Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Lawrence of Arabia, The Graduate, Taxi Driver, Dog Day Afternoon, Let the Right One In, and The Truman Show. Hot damn. We did it. We did it. People are going to be mad about this later on. People will be mad at us forever. But that's our top 100 movies for SlashFilm.com. Wow. Yes. Stay tuned for the, the written version sometime in the next, what, before the month is over, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's the plan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. You can find more about all of the movies that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com. SlashFilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all of the popular podcast apps. Please subscribe to our newsletter, send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at SlashFilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.